to introduce it or you want me to do Welcome it? to Corner Cafe Gossip, or whatever we're going to call our SCP one, because welcome to another SCP episode, folks. I'm Ruben. I'm Chuck Stick Fuckle Nuts. Uh, I'm all fucked up because we did this out of order. <laughs> Welcome to the fucking dead zone, boys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're, I've got a selection of SCPs for you. I've got like two SCPs and then a third thing. <laughs> We're going to start out with what might be my favorite, most dangerous SCP to real life humans. SCP-5210. Object class is Euclid. The special containment procedures are... That it is to be kept in a standard containment cell. The cell is to have four automated tranquilizer guns loaded with darts containing no less than 10 milliliters of carfentanil. And if you're confused at any point in this episode, uh, go listen to the SCP episode. And then, you, and then you'll come back and you'll love and this. And you'll love this. We're just doing some entries, boys and girls. Also, <laughs> even if you're not normally into the SCP episodes, do stick around for this one because we have something special at the end. SCP-5210 is to, uh, excuse me, SCP-5210 is to be restrained <laughs> using a three-meter chain pinned to the center of the cell. No visual recording devices of any kind are to be allowed inside the containment cell. Any personnel caught attempting to do so will be reprimanded after clearing a psych evaluation. Once every seven days, a Class D personnel who does not suffer from any severe visual impairments must enter the cell alone. The individual will interact with SCP-5210 for 12 hours before being fired on by the automated tranquilizer guns. Four blindfolded personnel will then enter the cell to retrieve the individual. SCP-5210 will make no attempts to escape or to harm these personnel. Personnel may, however, make physical contact with the entity, either through accident or through the entity initi uh, intentionally initiating contact. Agents should be aware that this poses no threat and should not be alarmed. Description. SCP-5210 is an anomalous entity resembling a male golden Labrador retriever, approximately two months old. It does not appear to physically age. Uh, 5210 may be immune to traditional physical harm, although this has not been confirmed as testing this trait is not advised. See addendum 5210-2. Uh, this SCP's primary anomalous trait is a cognitohazard that activates when anyone views it. Those who directly view it will feel an overwhelming urge to pet the anomaly, play with it, call it a good boy, and perform various other archetypal tasks traditionally associated with interacting with a puppy. Those affected by SCP-5210 will not cease these activities until they are unable to continue looking at SCP-5210. So it's literally just a dog that gets whatever it wants. So a dog. Well, but a dog that psychically forces you to do what it wants, which is just love it and call it a good boy. So a dog. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Don has a point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It's also a two-month-old Labrador. Man, come on. They're so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. God. <sighs> I love puppies. This one's it's maybe it's too cute. Very sinister. It, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Natural blinking will cause a vague sense of unease, but will not be enough to free an individual from the cognito hazard. See Addendum-2. Those who have survived interaction with SCP-5210 describe having, at the time, believed it was their greatest life experience and that no other experience could ever be greater. This puppy is better than sex. Anyway, viewing (laughs) SCP-5210 through video, live footage, or photographs will cause similar feelings of adoration and will cause the affected individual to express extreme desire to meet and interact with SCP-5210 in person. Affected individuals will also become aware of 5210's location. That's how I feel about every capybara photo that I've ever seen. (laughs) Kawakas. I just just want... Oh, Oh, true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, These effects also end when the individual no longer sees the depiction of 5210. Uh, should it go more than eight days? <laughs> I'm just hold on, because a whole movie just happened in my head of somebody who found a photo of the puppy, and it's a whole action movie. Just like they take the picture out every few minutes as they're like infiltrating a fucking foundation just to like site. get a fucking reading on their god <laughs> yeah, their compass exactly. or some shit. <laughs> just to remind them, ninety three degrees west, approximately three hundred meters below. At this point in the movie, they're covered in blood and mud and yeah. like, face pain and shit. Like, they, they've gone full Rambo to get to yes. this dog. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Good shit. Uh, should it go more than eight days without direct human interaction equal to or exceeding 12 consecutive hours, its cognitohazardous ability will affect individuals even if they cannot visually see the entity. These individuals will instinctively know the location of 5210 and will attempt to reach its location as quickly as possible using any available means of transportation. So they'll do a fortnight. Yeah. (laughs) The range of this cognito hazard rapidly expands. It is not currently known if there are limits to the range, but it has been demonstrated to be able to cover over 40 kilometers. (laughs) That's a cute ass dog. That's a cute ass dog. That's how cute. This is addendum 5210-1, the recovery log. Uh, 5210 was recovered on 3-18-2018. On uh, on 3-12, the foundation intercepted satellite images of the town of redacted Wyoming, revealing that the inhabitants were dead. There were no signs of a struggle uh, of conventional weapon use or of any known disease being responsible. A team of field agents was sent to investigate. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get to do it now. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just sitting there thinking. Could Feels you, good, don't it? Yeah. Could you imagine if there was a town called Redacted Wyoming? I... And you invited somebody. Why don't you come uh, hang out? You're, you're not on the map. Yes, I am. No, you're it's not. It's called Redacted Wyoming. Hey, bud, what are you saying to me right now? <laughs> All I'm hearing is Redacted. Could you tell me what the name of your city is? It's Redacted. I don't understand. I'm sorry. Go on. Your asides are much quick, longer than mine are. So, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Uh, the the team of field agents was sent to investigate. They uh, agents reported seeing empty homes and empty streets, empty chairs and empty, empty tables, tables where the- my <laughs> friends will not pet the dog because it'll kill them. The doors <laughs> to homes had been left open. 
and no cars were present on any of the streets. After 15 minutes, the agents found a street containing dozens of vehicles parked haphazardly, with several having crashed into each other around an alleyway. Several dead, emaciated bodies were found at the edge of the alleyway, with a large pile found inside the alley itself. It was later confirmed that the entire town population had died there. While examining the bodies, field agent Hernandez reported having heard a whimpering sound coming from beneath the corpses at the end of the alley. After removing several corpses, SCP-5210 was discovered and seen by all agents present. No contact was received for over two days. Given that the town of Redacted was a two-day drive from the nearest Foundation facility, response time was delayed. Of the six agents sent, only Field Agent Hernandez returned. He was suffering from the effects of sleep deprivation and dehydration. SCP-5210 had been contained in the back of the transport truck. Field Agent Hernandez gave a brief explanation of SCP-521's primary anomalous trait before passing out and being taken to, to the site-redacted medical bay. Addendum 2 is an interview log between um, the Dr. Bernstein, who is doing a psyche eval. Is that Bernstein spelled... No, it's no, it's spelled burn like I'm if just, you put your yeah, hand on uh-huh, a stove. Uh-huh. And then ST redacted in. In this universe, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Dr. Bernstein and Agent Hernandez, this is his psych eval. Um, Agent Hernandez has awoken after receiving SCP-521, after retrieving 5210, and is undergoing a psych eval. Um... Begins with Hernandez and goes back and forth. So Hernandez, I don't understand why this is necessary. It's not uncommon for things like this to happen in the field. Bernstein replies, you know good and well why it's necessary. We don't fully understand the nature of the anomaly. It could still be affecting you now. It's out of my head now. Uh, My name is Agent Hernandez. I work for the SCP Foundation. My job is to help the Foundation secure, contain, and protect. How's that? You understand why that's not enough. You need to work with me. Help me understand what happened. Like I already said, the thing controls you when you look at it. It made us all dote on it like a child. That's all there is to it. And what of the other agents? Uh, what if What if when it made you... Uh, and then at this point, Agent Hernandez slams his fist on the table. And he says, it didn't make me do that. That's the only thing I did where I was in complete control. Please just walk me through it. What did it feel like being affected? Agent Hernandez asks, are you married? Um, and, he's, and Dr. Bernstein says, I don't see the relevance of the question. Hernandez replies, I'm married. I got a two-year-old boy back home with a girl on her way. Well, congratulations, I suppose, but please stay on topic. I remember when I first saw her in her wedding dress. I thought I would never see anything so beautiful, so wonderful ever again. But then we had our son. It was different, but seeing my boy in my wife's arms, I thought nothing could ever compare. And then I saw that thing. Suddenly, my wife and son were no better than dirt. They were trash. Nothing could compare to that thing. That's how cute. That's how (laughs) fucking cute this thing is. Um, 
Cognitohazards can overrule all logic and emotion, so this anomaly made you see it as desirable. Is that it? It was more than that. It's tough to explain. Um, it looked like just a normal puppy. It rolled over, nuzzled, licked our hands, all that stuff. But I could feel something more sometimes. It was like it needed us, like it desired us as much as we desired it. There was a hunger there. It might have been from the blinking. I tried not to blink. I think we all did, but we couldn't stop ourselves. It wasn't enough for us to react or do anything before our eyes opened again, but it let me feel it, if only for a moment. And this went on for several days. Tell me, did you feel tired, hungry, or did it remove those feelings? I still felt all of it. I just powered through it. We all did. I honestly didn't know I had it in me, but I pushed through the pain, the hunger, all of it. The hardest was the smell. The bodies, they were just starting to decompose when we arrived, and we were sitting on them, literally sitting on these bloating corpses. The fluids, we just sat in them, let them soak into our clothes and our skin. I wanted to retch, but I didn't. I fought it so I could keep petting that thing. I'm going to say it again. That's how cute. That's so fucking, that's, <laughs> that's so grotesque. So <laughs> absolutely terrifyingly cute. Uh, what did break you free? I need details. You, you claim you were in control of yourself when you apprehended the anomaly. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not allergic to dogs. I don't think I would have made, a, I don't think I would have made it past a second date with my wife if I couldn't be around dogs. She's obsessed with them. I'm telling you this because I honestly don't know what made me sneeze, but I did. And I sneezed hard. It kept my eyes closed for just long enough for me to get back in control and keep them closed. So there I am. My eyes are closed. My body's aching. This close to passing out. And my teammates are still under its control. So I unholster my pistol, feel around for the thing, and fire three shots into it. I'm sure I hit it, but it didn't work. And that's when I felt it. I don't know how else to say it other than it felt dark. I hear Agent Willem. She's always loved dogs, so maybe this, this thing hit her harder than the rest of us. Um, she says that I need to open my eyes and look. Her exact words were, look at him. He's such a good boy. He's the goodest little boy. <laughs> Next thing I know, the agents are grabbing at my face. They're clawing at my face, trying to force my eyes open. I tried to fight them off, doctor. I swear I did, but I was so tired. I didn't have the energy. I couldn't fight, so I just started shooting. Anyway, I started blasting. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, yeah, like you do. <laughs> I emptied the clip just to be sure. Once it was just me and that thing, containing it was just a matter of dragging it and feeling around until I found the transport vehicle. It didn't really put up any resistance. I, I guess it got what it wanted. I see. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you're ready to return to active duty, but the higher-ups might want you to do a few more of these. Uh, that's the end of the log. There is one final note. On 523, uh, two months after this happened, Agent Hernandez was determined to be mentally unfit for duty after he was arrested by local authorities for killing his neighbor's dogs as well as his own. Wow. So yeah. that is SCP-5210, the goodest boy. What the fuck did I do to you? <laughs> First Wolfenstein, now this. What... Why? Why are you having me listen to things and watch things of dogs being murdered? Uh, this listen. is the opposite of that. A dog is murdering. Yeah. That's very different. But you just said that the guy killed all of his neighbor's dogs. Well, they yeah, weren't the goodest boys. 
not the goodest boy. This is all that is important, as you should well know. You can all feel, we can all feel his influence. Yes. And should should the SCP Foundation fail to contain him properly, then we that's will a, all be drawn to him. That's an apocalyptic scenario right there. Yes. You guys ready for the second SCP? I'm ready for the second SCP. The second SCP is a fun one for me because this one isn't alive. This is SCP-1853. Uh, its object class is safe. The special containment procedures are <clears throat> all known samples of SCP-1853 are to be contained in airtight containers under restricted access at Site-77 in Storage Locker 663. Mm, excuse me. When in containment, SCP-1853 is not to be used on D-Class personnel or any other human subjects for testing purposes. Only chemical, uh, only chemical analysis testing is approved. When being tested, a small amount should be stored in an aerosol dispersal system. Attempts to censor references to SCP-1853 and its effects mentioned during SCP-2206 broadcasts covering the New York urbans and their uh, repeated abuse of the substance are ongoing. Requests to utilize the substance to create more realistic staging for said events have been denied. So basically, they're trying to censor the effects mentioned during some other broadcast. Yeah. Uh, and some people want to use it as like a like a bait. Is this just crack? Is it just crack as an SCP? Not quite. No. Any reports of SCP-1853 being used outside of containment should be immediately investigated by Foundation agents under the guise of testing for normal performance-enhancing drugs. Any subject found to have exposed themselves to SCP-1853 is to be interrogated as to how they came to possess it, followed by the administration of a Class B amnestic and medical treatment to remove SCP-1853 from their systems. You getting there yet? Not quite? Not quite. All right. The description. SCP-1853 is a green, human-derived serum containing a mixture of unidentified proteins and chemical compounds. Is it just weed? Nope. No? <laughs> While not being applied to an organic object, SCP-1853 displays no anomalous properties and is functionally identical to water. When applied to a living subject, SCP-1853 will noticeably enhance the performance of the individual subject in a competitive environment. Steroid. Basically. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of... When you said performance enhancing, I thought steroid, but... A little bit more far-reaching than that, though, SCP-1853 is very effective in athletic competitions, of course, but is equally potent in non-athletic competitions such as chess, poker, and collectible trading card competitions. <laughs> Subjects exposed to SCP-1853 have been consistently more able to effectively count cards, analyze opponent strategies, and use psychological methods to achieve victory, depending on their specific avenue of competition. Yo, I want to play video games on this so bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Further analysis has shown that 1853's effects do not cease after a competitive event is over, and in fact, may not desist at all. Reports of known SCP-1853 users at home has shown that in any activity the user feels is a competition will uh, have found that any activity the user feels is a competition will activate SCP-1853's effect. These have included, but are not limited to, 
fighting with a large crowd in order to reach the front of the line, which incited a small riot. <laughs> so Black Friday. Completing yeah. more of a workload than a coworker, finishing a meal before others at a table, mowing a lawn in a more efficient way than a neighbor, yelling louder than other individuals during confrontations, much higher incitation uh, inclination to incite fights with acts of violence against others. Knowledge of SCP-1853's effect uh, on them has shown to have a psychological impact on test subjects. Some subjects may attempt to turn every event in their life into some form of competition in order to utilize the anomalous effect. This has been shown to be deleterious to the subject's personality, alienating themselves from many people they have previously been friendly with. In addition, subjects may begin to take aggressive action against those they perceive as not having a proper competitive spirit when the SCP-1853 afflicted user wishes to compete with them. 1853's source was contained on uh, 2-1998 in a Prometheus Labs facility following the destruction of their main headquarters. It's whale sperm, isn't it? It might be. Notes collected with the SCP-1853 indicated that it was being developed as a superhero serum. However, several samples were discovered to be missing, and private records indicated that they had been leaked to several minor league sports franchises. As of 9-18-2005, it is believed that all samples of SCP-1853 are in containment. As such, it has been classified as safe. Then there are some addendums um, talking about some of the effects of this drug, which you should read yourself because it's a lot more role playing, and I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all very cool. It's this is this is called SCP-1853 Performance Enhancer. Okay, so it's just a permanent performance enhancer, but only if you think it's a competition, right? So, if we took it and decided that it's a competition to be the best podcast in the world... We would absolutely become the best podcast in the world. We, we would be performance enhanced. Yeah. We'd God. at least get near the top. It's, but how could I be any funnier? Well, we I could take this understand. drug and find out. We'll just figure out the Joe Rogan formula and... I would rather die. I was just going to say <laughs> that I would rather fully commit seppuku. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> He is the number one podcast. I mean, I don't that's, care. I do well, not give a shit. Actually, I take that back. Markiplier's podcast, uh, Distractable, just became number one. Oh, he's yeah, allowed, it was, I guess. It was yeah. the Mark Mark Marin's podcast for the hottest minute. Yeah, it was a long time that dude was on top. Well, the reason Markiplier just became number one is because uh, a couple years ago he did a calendar called Tasteful Nudes with Markiplier. Yeah, uh -huh. well, um, he uh, said that if Distractable became the number one podcast on Apple. <laughs> he would start an OnlyFans page. Oh my god! With tasteful nudes, and sure enough, his fan. I mean, he's got thirty million followers. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah, they went, and it became the number one podcast on Apple. Can you wow. believe thirty million? Yeah, that is a significant percentage of the population yes. of this country. Yeah, and others. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, that's way more people than are in the entirety of New Zealand. Let me put it this way. My mother knows who Markiplier is. Yeah, uh-huh. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy a lot of the stuff he does that's not game-related. Like, he's in good. space he's... with Markiplier and a yeah. heist with Markiplier. Those he, are just... He's just he's a good. charming guy. Yeah. He's good. He's got a great voice. I wish I had his voice. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Markiplier. All right. Well, there it was. There yeah, it was. That was it. That was I it. just <laughs> had to do that the rest of the time. This is the first draft. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So this last one is one you made up? Perhaps. It is one is that... Is this a surprise? It is. Yes, it is. This this is the surprise. This I was is... actually hoping you would read it before we confessed. Okay, okay. Shit. Well, that's okay, because <laughs> it's still going to be great. So this is the first draft. This is not an actual entry. This is more akin to the addendums. Logs, journal entries, shit like that. Ruben and I kind of co-authored this like is for hours yesterday. It... I'm not going to tell you anything about what it is or isn't. Entry one, April 5th, 2005. We worked on this like all day yesterday. Absolutely not at work. I swear to God, we work (laughs) at work. It's break times. Don't even worry about it. Today, I started my (laughs) assignment with the SCP-redacted research group at Site 77. I am particularly interested in studying participant D-165-205, as by now, their resistance to the adverse effects of SCP-redacted are well-documented topic of interest to my colleagues and myself. Most subjects displayed the normal signs of intoxication related to SCP-redacted. D-165-205 is as intriguing as my colleagues suggested. Three, And then it's uh, the... Just the quick results of the experiment. So three participants experienced lethal effects after exposure. One participant had to be terminated when he attempted to flee the testing area and attacked a guard. Five, per- five participants reacted as if SCP-redacted was a totally normal performance enhancer. And one participant, D-165-205, requested a second exposure to the substance. When it was denied, he took a nap. <laughs> Entry 2, April 6th, 2005. Received a new batch of participants for experimentation. While it's usually against protocol, D-165-205 is apparently allowed to participate in daily testing rather than waiting the requisite 72 hours between tests, which I found unusual but was told it was normal. Once again, most subjects experienced the normal performance-enhancing effects and its subsequent after-effects. Zero lethal incidents as a result of exposure. One participant was terminated when it became apparent that they had attempted communication with SCP-redacted prior to testing. Eight participants reacted as if to a performance-enhancing drug, as expected, and D-18, uh, excuse me, D-165-205 requested a McFlurry, a Whopper, and a Baconator. <laughs> Several minutes later, he was eating his meal while the other participants were being observed. Is this the ghost stroke strain? entry three april 7th 2005 testing was canceled today when it was brought to my attention that d-165-205 had been allowed to interact with scp-5210 immediately prior to testing that's the goodest boy that's the goodest boy when i asked for an explanation i was told that the influence of scp-5210 was minimal on d-165-205 and that i should quote loosen up a bit end quote incredibly unprofessional. I immediately shut down the test and reported to Dr. Redacted. When Dr. Redacted heard my report, the test was resumed. D-165-205 has an astonishing level of freedom in this facility. Further investigation will be required. 
Test results were normal. Zero lethal incidents, one non-lethal overdose. Two participants had to be restrained due to severe seizure reaction to SCP-redacted. Six participants experienced normal effects of the performance enhancer. D-165-205 was somehow allowed outside of the testing area without supervision. He returned half an hour later, having made a platter of sandwiches for himself, <laughs> the other test subjects, and other personnel. Uh, there's a small note. The sandwiches were incredible, but how does this man have so much freedom as a D-class personnel? Entry 4. April 21st, 2005. It has been an exciting two weeks here at Site 77. I believe we have been lucky enough to have recorded the genesis of a brand new anomalous object. It is my hypothesis that D-165-205 literally became an anomalous object at exactly 2.36 p.m. This is supported by the fact that we observed numerous instances of what appeared to be D-165-205 at various apparent ages. One of these instances was dressed in what we discovered was outdated C-class special issue combat gear. This is especially alarming, as the Foundation always destroys decommissioned equipment. My colleagues disagree. Dr. Sung, in particular, theorizes that D-165-205 was already an anomalous object when he was recruited by the Foundation. They say this would explain his resistance to SCP-redacted, as well as the unusual levels of autonomy he had as a D-class personnel. However, the working theory currently is that D-165-205 is simply under a previously unknown anomalous temporal effect of SCP-redacted. The case has been designated as SCP-redacted-1 for the time being and handed off to the research group at Site-96. Our research group resumed testing today. Research, uh, results were as expected. No new anomalous events were recorded, although dosages were significantly increased. Six participants experienced lethal effects after exposure. Two participants had to be terminated when they attempted to kill the other participants. Ten participants reacted as if SCP-redacted was a totally normal performance enhancer. Two participants reacted to the higher dosage as if it were a depressant. Entry 5. The final entry in the journal. December 17th, 2005. Big time skip. I was approached today by a member of Site-96, and she confirmed part of my theory. She claims that when she began working for the Foundation, she knew a member of the mobile task force named Pete Redacted. Designation <laughs> C. Redacted. She even knew his designation. According to her, Pete did multiple field missions with numerous sites and even helped train some of our personnel. When she got the footage... She immediately recognized D-165-205 as both the man in outdated gear and as this Pete. Apparently, he's been missing for a little over 15 years. But when we checked his designation against the database, we found that C-redacted was never declared missing. Instead, his file has him declared dead the day before he disappeared. I'm not sure what this all means, but if I want to investigate any further, I'm going to need a much higher clearance level before I can find any more relevant information on this matter. Then we have 05 Addendum 1. The previous owner of this journal, Dr. Redacted, and the researcher mentioned in the final entry, were each administered gray A amnestics and relocated to site Redacted and site Redacted, respectively. Personnel, fire, 
personnel file number C-redacted was classified, and C-redacted has been reassigned by the council. No further action is required. Hmm. So yes. So yes, <laughs> yeah, it's it is SCP Pete. <laughs> this is his origin story. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, we finally did it. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Sad thing is, there's just so many numbers thrown around. My brain was sitting there going, is that the... It's like, a lot. Said, that's the goodest boy. I was like, oh, are we like tying them all together? And then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. They are They are related. <laughs> yes. Yep. So the story that we have come up with so far is that... PCP Pete was on the street. He was on the streets. PCP Pete is on the street. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's, he's there in the early 2000s. He is recruited, quote unquote, by the facility, uh, by the foundation. So, uh, when, by the way, I am officially a member of the SCP Foundation now. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm officially <laughs> yeah. a member of the Wikidot. Yeah, you you have to apply. Oh wow! You have to apply okay. and be approved to join. I thought he was talking in a fictional way. He was part of the SCP. No. <laughs> uh, no. No. I mean, literally, I'm part of the fucking foundation right now. That's so I'm like, sweet. I'm like. So now you're a demonologist slash SCP Foundation member. Yeah, so there's, he's got two credits. What do we got? Uh, well, we're working on having half that many credits. <laughs> um, so, no, you guys have a third of the credits because we're also podcast hosts, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is just important as demonology and also being a part of a fictional <laughs> foundation. <laughs> <laughs> so, when Ruben made the announcement on the show that Pete had overdosed, yeah, that was actually part. of of the foundation's misinformation campaign. Uh, They had him legally declared dead by an overdose when they recruited him. They faked his death, fake body, all that. So we decided that uh, Pete should be D-class personnel. PCP Pete is D-class personnel at Site 77. uh, And he is being used to test a particular uh, substance, a particular type of drug. He's he's being used in frequent drug tests. Frequent gotcha. drug tests. Because he was discovered to have an absurdly high resistance to negative <laughs> effects from drugs. <laughs> like Ozzy Osbourne or Keith Richards without the mental degradation. And it's like he's just, for a D-class personnel, he's so happy. He has way too much freedom, and he fucking loves it there. They, they they told him, you know, they were like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna bring you to this place. Uh, you're not gonna have a name anymore. We're gonna call you D dash. What is it? One six five dash two hundred five. Two hundred five. Which numerically does, if if you it look, does spell Pete. It does spell Pete. Ah, <laughs> that was the Easter egg the whole time. You never, Ooh. you didn't pick it up. <laughs> Uh, Why would he? <laughs> I know because there's so many numbers. That's for people on the internet. To my do. brain, my brain, literally, when he start, started, like after five minutes of "Goodest Boy," my brain was just like, "The numbers don't matter." Just, Your brain just redacts the numbers. Yeah, on it redacted its own. the yeah. numbers. Yep. Um, <laughs> that is how that works. Yes. And Pete was like, "He said you're going to give me drugs."